Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and we are back with an annual tradition like no other. It is the Locked On NBA mock draft, our first go around, Alex, and we got some good news for the people. We got your guy. Yeah, we did. I'm not going to spoil it, though, in case people haven't been paying attention. But yes, uh, we got to pick 11th. The Knicks did not move up in this tankathon simulation. Maybe we'll luck out in one of the future ones. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. But in Locked On Mock Draft 1.0, we got a player that we're very excited about at pick 11. We're going to talk about that and all the rest of the picks and then end the show with uh, the whole mock draft where you can hear from every single one of the hosts that took part right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, up. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. We'd like to thank today's sponsor of Locked On Nick Sakara Nutrition. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish. Go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 for 20% off at checkout. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. And we are now available on all platforms, wherever you can find podcasts, including on YouTube. And you know that if you see our smiling faces day in and day out. And we are happy today because the first uh, of this year, of 2022, Locked On NBA Mock Draft went particularly well. For your New York Knicks, we have a great history. We've gotten guys like Jason Tatum, Derek White over past years. And I'll, I'll, I'll say a continued track record of success. But before we get into all that, I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster. I'm uh, going to be covering the New York State lacrosse playoffs in the coming weeks. So you can follow along for that on the NFHS Network and the Varsity Media Sports Network. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of The Strickland. You can check them out on social media at thestrict.land. And they have a whole lot of great draft coverage for you. I saw Prez dropped a piece on Jaden Ivey the other day. Everyone should go. Check that out. A lot of great podcasts there as well. But for now, Alex, it is that time. The Locked On NBA Mock Draft, our, our a good friend and boss, Nick Engstad, uh, ran the Tankathon simulation. And shocker, the New York Knicks uh, for the seemingly millionth year in a row did not move up. But uh, that did not deter our progress. I'll, I'll leave it to you. Can you take us through the first couple of picks of the draft? Yeah. You also forgot to shout us out for getting uh Desmond Bain and Josh Gideon back-to-back drafts recently yeah, too so Josh oh, and Gideon. we got uh we got Trey Mann too last that's year. true we, we, we did the full Thunder draft we were basically the Thunder last year yeah that's pretty good for, yeah and got Josh Gideon what pick 18 I think it was we we kicked we kicked butt Maybe last we, year I man. think he traded up I think it might have been 10 but yeah no, we didn't. We we traded up a couple picks, but it was, it was maybe pick sixteen, whatever. Like the oh, Thunder's wow. like pretty good. Whatever the Thunder's like third pick was, or whatever that was, what we traded yeah. up to, if I remember correctly. But anyway, uh, the Thunder did not move up in this mock draft. The Orlando Magic moved up to pick number one, and our buddy Philip Rossman Reich, who we've done a couple crossover episodes with before, 
took, uh, as he put it, Paolo, don't call me Patrick Mahomes Bancaro um, at number one. No big surprise there. We've talked to a lot of draft people. You know, a lot of people uh, like our buddy Ricky O'Donnell seem to think that, you know, Bancaro could be the top guy in this draft. Certainly, if you if you need like a lead scorer, he's the guy to go to. And I, I think that a case could be made for Chet Holmgren with this pick, but I could totally – I think Bancaro is very defensible there. The Oklahoma City Thunder picked second, and they went with Jabari Smith. Again, consensus top three. Not necessarily going chalk to how everybody thinks it's going to go here, but uh, Jabari Smith you know, also has his own claim for number one overall. He's super tall. He's a fantastic like next-level good shooter. He's a pretty good defender. Struggles a bit finishing on the inside, but like really good player. Totally defensible pick there. Uh, Chet Holmgren goes number three which to the Rockets, which uh, Jackson Gatlin, I think, really lucked out there with that third pick, uh, getting what a lot of people think is the top prospect in the draft at number three. That's pretty solid and, and you know, maybe makes up for uh, missing out on Evan Mobley last year. You know, so it's solid, solid bet right there to get Holmgren and and pair him with Jalen Green and what else, whatever else they got going on down there. Then uh, first, maybe shocker of the draft, uh, Ku Khalil and the Detroit Pistons at number four take Shaden Sharp, who we've been talking about a lot lately as a potential riser in this draft. The number one high school prospect of 2023 or of the rather the formerly the 2022 class who graduated early and now is able to enter this draft uh, sort of a sort of a, an upset here. And that leads to Gavin. I think the first big discussion point, which we sort of talked about the other day with our buds from no ceilings, but Indiana ends up number five in this mock draft and they take Jaden Ivy there. And to me, that feels like a very real opportunity, like to pursue what we were talking about the other day which is a potential trade-up scenario for the Knicks. Now, there was no trades allowed in this like mock draft 1.0. When we get to the full deal, we'll, of course, be wheeling and dealing like we always do. But as of right now, you know, I think that had trades been allowed, I definitely would have called Tony East up, who we also have a great rapport with, so maybe we could have taken advantage of that and swung a deal here to get Jaden Ivey at five. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he he loves uh, Manuel quickly and Obi Toppin. We were discussing that in our in yesterday's episode. Like, would, would you trade IQ? Would you trade Obi to move in the draft? Uh, if it was between us and Tony, maybe maybe we make that work and go get Jaden Ivy. Uh, depends on if, if you'd actually like that scenario. Um, but I, I do think that is an interesting inflection point for the Knicks because Indiana does have a full backcourt already, right? They have Malcolm Brogdon. They have Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, would Jaden Ivy make sense for them? Uh, there, there's a there's an argument to be made that. Yeah, they would just want to move off of Rockton, and maybe that's another. I mean, we just did a whole episode on that. Maybe that's another area. The Knicks could strike and say, "All right, let, let's let's go get a veteran guard like with size to put next to Emmanuel quickly, and, and sort of take some of the pressure off of him as as the dude next year at point guard for the New York Knicks." Um, or in in another world where Indiana says like the best guy, if the best guy on the board is Ivy and Sharp does jump up, and they just say, "Look, it doesn't make any sense for us to take this dude. We're really happy with our current backcourt." Um, and we, we also just drafted another guard last year, and Chris Duarte. On top of that, um, maybe that is a, a scenario where the Knicks can say, "Hey, we'll give you 11. We'll give you Dallas's pick in 2023. We'll throw you a couple seconds. Maybe we'll throw you like a Jericho Sims as a sweetener, and the Knicks can go up and get their guy." And I, I made a whole impassioned argument for it the other day, Alex. But I, I do think it makes a lot of sense for the Knicks to make a big talent swing in this draft, even if it's not as loaded as next year's, 
just because those scenarios don't come along too often. And if, if you're the Knicks and you're planning on, again, hitting a slightly higher level of contention, like th this might be the world where, where you're actually close enough to the top five to leverage it and get in there and, and get your guy. Yeah, and maybe this is a scenario too where you could potentially work a Julius Randle trade if if Indiana is, as they've sort of alluded to, not truly ready to jump into a rebuild and is still just sort of in like this reload mode that they've been in for a while, then maybe they'd be inclined to say, okay, like we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. But we'll also do, you know, where we feel good about the, the talents that might be available around pick 11, whether it's like if a Johnny Davis falls or something like that, they might say, you know what? We like Johnny Davis only a little less than, than Jaden Ivy here. And so why don't we do Malcolm Brogdon and pick five for like Julius Randle, pick 11, the Dallas pick and a couple second rounders. And then the Knicks managed to get, you know, an immediate NBA talent in Malcolm Brogdon plus get Jaden Ivy who they can, you know, then sort of play in like, you would think maybe sort of like the quickly role of quickly's first couple of years, you know, hopefully you would start then, quickly Malcolm Brogdon and RJ Barrett as your like top three there. And then, you know, maybe bring like Ivy and, and Evan Fournier and um, Derek Rose and Alec Burks in some capacity off the bench. I mean, I, I think that would be a pretty interesting, you know, backcourt mix for the Knicks there. Uh, a lot of people, probably us included would not maybe totally enjoy having Ivy be semi buried i guess right away behind a guy like brogdon but also brogdon doesn't have exactly have the cleanest bill of health so you could pretty much bank on him missing like 25 games at some point throughout the season which i'm sure would you know clear up some space for for a uh, Jaden ivy or an evan fournier or what have you or you know whoever to, s to slot back into that starter role and then create more minutes so um certainly interesting to think about and and i i agree i think that this the Pacers are one of those weird teams where they maybe do create this opportunity for the Knicks to move up or to just exploit them in some way or another, whether they decide to, you know, that they want to get more established players to keep contending, or if they just decide, you know, we're going to make this pick and lean full on into the youth with like an Ivy and a Halliburton. Now we're ready to ship off Brogdon. Then maybe the Knicks can take advantage of that situation as well. But the, the Pacers definitely create a really interesting scenario this year in the draft and into free agency and beyond for the Knicks, I think. Yeah. I mean, where they're so interesting, and this, this is a point Tony made when he came on the podcast is, is Herb Simon, the, the mandate, he, I mean, he is the, the Pacers owner and the, and the mandate from him over the last 20, 30 years of the mandate for the franchise over the last 20, 30 years has been, we're, we're never going to be a losing team. We're, we're never going to tank, even though they, they sort of did a soft tank this year, but it was only because their season kind of went off the rails um, they they want to be perennially in contention. And the Knicks, I mean, that that's the one of the few teams where I think a Randall plus 11 trade would appeal to them um, because that would stop them from falling off that cliff. And they might say, hey, we can get a guy at 11. Like, who, who knows what their board looks like? Maybe they prefer a Dyson Daniels or an A.J. Griffin or, or, or someone or Malachi Branham to a Jaden Ivey. And, and they're inclined to make the move that will keep them stronger right away. Versus moving off of Brogdon and to your point, embracing you just because they they haven't really done that um, in recent memory. We'll be right back. But to, today's episode of Locked On Knicks is brought to you by Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, 
plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfast, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. Sakara's functional plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in. From their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs, Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. It's going to feel like our birthdays in just a minute here when, well, maybe mine at least, considering who we got. You might be a little disappointed. Someone else took your gift. Um, but <laughs> to run through the rest of the the picks leading up to our next pick here, uh, Keegan Murray goes number six to the Portland Trailblazers. Understandable. Extremely well-rounded player uh, who I think will definitely go that high. A.J. Griffin, a guy that, that we definitely like, but who definitely has the pedigree to go high, goes number seven to the Sacramento Kings and Matt George, uh, another one of our buddies. We've done a lot of crossover. We haven't done one with the Blazers with with uh, Mike Richmond yet, so maybe we got to do one of those and talk about who knows what. Anyway, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, another another buddy of ours, Jake Madison, takes Benedict Matherin at number eight. Uh, Jeff Garcia, who we haven't talked to in a while, but we should. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, pick number nine, takes Jalen Duran, removes that temptation of potentially replacing Mitchell Robinson with Jalen Dern should he fall. Uh, then the Washington Wizards take Malachi Branham, which Gavin, this is the aforementioned uh, your your toy getting taken away right before you get up to your pick. Uh, your favorite, probably favorite player in the Knicks range right now. And then we got up and if people have been paying attention recently, they should know who the pick was. But I will say who it is anyway. Uh, I I ran to the podium, a.k.a. the reply all email, email chain, and selected Dyson Daniels for the Knicks. Uh, I'll just quickly rattle off who went afterwards as well. Uh, Jeremy Sohan goes uh, to the Oklahoma City Thunder at number 12. Johnny Davis goes to the Charlotte Hornets at number 13. And Ochai Ajbaji goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers at number 14. So a lot of familiar names there guys that we've been talking about recently although maybe we now need to talk about johnny davis a little more because we definitely haven't been talking about him a lot lately and he just slipped pretty far but gavin how do you feel about walking away with daniels and maybe more importantly how do you feel about seeing malachi Branham slip right through your fingertips <laughs> uh, like like a young uh, rickon stark an arrow to the heart alex i know you've never watched game of thrones but that was uh, i still have not one um, one day i have hbo uh, now so someday you, you don't have to at this point. Um, but um, yeah, it, it hurt. It hurt because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brandon's game. But honestly, I I, I love I, I think we're, we're both on the same page of, of, of loving each other's favorite prospects. Because I'm, I'm super in on Dyson Daniels as well. I mean, talking to the Draft Jack pod guys, they, they got me even more convinced. I mean, 
with his ability to switch over multiple positions and be multifaceted offensively. We didn't get to explore too deeply, but despite the fact that he was just 29% from three, 56% of the foul line, they, they both seemed pretty confident in his shot. I think it was Corey who cited the stat over his last 10 games, got up to 41% from three, maybe maybe was starting to find a stroke, find a little bit more of a rhythm. And, and here's the thing, like, I, I think you, you said the same thing. Like, I don't like to invest too much in, in those small sample sizes, especially when they're non-NBA sample sizes. But the upside for that guy is so freaking high if he can shoot. And, and I think, and you noted this, like, if he is similar to the OB Toppin corollary, he doesn't have to be a 40% shooter. He's a 35% three point shooter from three with his passing, with his athletic ability. And again, size, size translates when you're six, eight with guard skills. If you can add anything else on top of that and, and be someone who plays hard and has good instincts, like that's just, that's just a long-term NBA player. And I think an NBA starter, maybe a little bit sooner than some people think, especially with a guy who earlier in the process was considered a little bit on the, on the raw end and a little bit like newer to the game. At least I, maybe I'm off on that. That was, that's my kind of impression of how he was viewed. Uh, I just think he'd be a fantastic fit to the Knicks. And he, he solves like a lot of their issues in that they need more size, they need more versatility and they need more athletic ability. Yeah. Not even speaking on his defense, which like, We've heard from multiple people that he might be one of the best, if not the best defenders in this entire draft. Um, certainly it never hurts to get more defense on the team. And especially when you consider like the already good defenders that are on the team, you know, so for example, you know, Emmanuel quickly is an absolute pest on defense, but also doesn't have like ideal size to be super switchy. Um, so, you know, you want to, uh, kind of ironclad the defense as much as you can. RJ Barrett, you know, if, if this is like a Julius Randle list team uh, going into next year, then, you know, RJ is going to have to take on a lot more of the scoring load. I think we saw that, you know, that kind of hurt his defense a little bit down the stretch of this year. And so if you get a guy like Dyson Daniels and you could start playing him in between those two, or maybe even as you're like, quote unquote, three, at least on defense, because again, he's six, eight was a six eleven wingspan, but plays like guard. I mean, that's an extremely valuable player to have out there that you can essentially throw on anyone on the court that's giving you troubles and just say, go stop them, you know, and then whatever you do on offense is gravy because you're just out there, you know, stopping the other team's best player. It's sort of like what we saw Dallas doing with Frank Nilekina the other day, you know, and what we always said that the Knicks should have done with Frank Nilekina. like good defense is really worth something and can really impact the game and, and get those impact numbers up, get those plus minuses and net ratings and all that stuff like through the roof because you're, you're doing something good. We saw with Deuce McBride this year as well, where he shot like 30% for the entire year and like 25% from three, mostly due to the lack of attempts, but like he didn't shoot well all year and yet still had, you know, some of the best impact stats, not just on the Knicks, but if you paired him with like Emmanuel quickly, like they had one of the best ratings in the entire NBA. I think maybe actually if you took, if you took sample size, like, uh, uh, qualifiers off of it. They had the best net rating of any two man group in the NBA this year. So that sort of stuff that plays, you know, and, and he's not Deuce McBride in the sense that, you know, Dyson Daniels has way better size. I mean, Deuce is a little undersized. Dyson is enormous. I mean, he's like, he's a big, big guy. So I was super excited. He's probably, you know, at least in the Knicks range, obviously I would take like Chet Holmgren or Powell Bancaro or whoever else if, if the Knicks move up, but, in a, in terms of who might be available where the Knicks pick, he's he's for sure my favorite guy right now, and and I'm I would be super excited, and I would also just like, I mean, can you imagine a lineup of like, 
they throw like just for a couple minutes, Dyson Daniels, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, and Jericho Sims or Mitchell Robinson out there. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's a super switchy line. That's just wings on wings on wings, but all guys that can kind of, ca- kind of handle the ball a little bit. You only have the center out there who can't really handle it. But then you, if you want to go super small, you could even throw an Obi Toppin out there and just switch everything. Um, yeah. I think that's really intriguing, and that would open up so many things for the Knicks. So, and Daniels could, in a in a pinch, defend like a three, four, or even a five for a little bit of of time with his size. So, I, I love the pick. I was super excited, and if the real Knicks get him, I want to be like over the moon on draft night. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if Tibbs is playing that one, Alex, but you know maybe maybe the next coach no. would would give it a chance. Johnny, Johnny Bryan will do it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. But 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 the big concern there on paper would be shooting. But I was just thinking about it, like, again, small sample sizes. But R.J. Barrett, one year is a 40% three-point shooter. Cam Reddish, uh, for most of this season when he was playing for Atlanta, was, was a, a round of 40% three-point shooter. Uh, Quentin Grimes projects as about a 40% three-point shooter. Um, I mean, to your point, you throw Obi out there. His, his shot looks decent. Daniels might be turning the corner with the shot. There's a lot of ifs there. But if you could get even, like, a half-decent amount of shooting there – um, we've seen enough from RJ now, like, you know, he can take on that lead role as a creator. And even if he's not hyper efficient yet, there's someone to be said, and, and this was kind of the case we're making for RJ when we were doing our prospect rankings, someone who's willing and able to just take the ball that many times and, and just not completely fall apart has a lot of value. And you look for improved playmaking from Grimes, improved making playmaking from Reddish. Like at the very least, you've seen flashes of those skills from those guys and the fact that Daniels has some point guard ability at six foot eight, because to your point defensively, like I would be drooling to watch those guys on the court together. And, and it's, it's what everything Corey and Albert were, were positing earlier this week. This feels like almost the perfect conversation to wrap this week up on the whole NBA is moving in the direction of mass switchability. I mean, maybe not a good night to talk of the Celtics uh, when, when they just had an absolutely brutal loss for recording this late on Wednesday night. Um, but but their whole plan this year and the, and the way they got like one of the best net ratings in NBA history of the final 50 games was because they had five guys who could just guard their butts off. And and that would be the next version of that lineup. You don't have a Jason Tatum in that lineup. I don't even know if you have a Jalen Brown offensively in that lineup, but defensively it gives you a whole lot of the same features. And that would be really, really exciting for me. All right. In just a second, we'll be throwing it over to Nick Angstat, the uh, head of the Locked On NBA division, also the host of Locked On Mavericks. Boo. Uh, but and we'll get into the full mock draft with all the picks that we did in the Locked On NBA mock draft 1.0. But I got to remind you guys, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. Close your eyes. Imagine it. Let me know how you're feeling. And then you open your eyes and you realize it was only 150 calories and had 16 grams of protein in it. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I forgot I have one on hand right here. Those of you on YouTube, you could see one in hand. Uh, I just received my birthday cake puffs, as I just showed, and I've never had anything like these before. They are so delicious. They're available right now. And I can't promise they're going to be there tomorrow because it is a limited edition flavor. So you want to get them at built.com today. If you haven't tried puffs, I'll let you guys in on a little secret because that's what friends do. And you guys are all my friends. Uh, It's a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. You heard me right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. And you can make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. 
builds taking the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles because sprinkles make everything taste better. And it has just 150 calories compared to a whopping 16 grams of protein. So this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. So go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Nick Engstead here from the Locked On NBA podcast to bring you our lottery mock draft. I went to Tankathon, did a simulation, and this is how it turned out. We had a little bit of work at the top. The Orlando Magic slide up to the number one pick. Oklahoma City slides up two spots to get number two. Houston falls to number three. Detroit falls to number four. And then it goes chalk from there with the Pacers, Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Wizards, Knicks, Thunder again. Charlotte Hornets, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers round out the lottery. We are going to go one by one to each of our Locked On hosts to get their pick, who they would pick if their team actually falls in this spot. With the first pick of the Locked On NBA Mock Draft, the Orlando Magic select Paolo Bancaro. I'm Philip Rosenreich, the host of the Locked On Magic podcast, and the reason the Magic take Paolo Bancaro is quite simple. They need a guy who can create his own shot. They need a guy who can be a primary scorer. They've got a lot of great secondary players. They've got a lot of really good young talent, but they need a guy that they can truly orbit around. And what we saw during the NCAA tournament, what we saw all year at Duke, was Paolo Bancaro is that star kind of player, a guy who can work from the outside and the inside, a guy who has size uh, and defensive potential and capabilities, but really this is about adding his scoring and his scoring ability. This is a guy who's got tremendous footwork uh, and just is a tremendous scorer, and that's just frankly what the Magic need, especially uh, for a team that was one of the worst offensive teams in the league. So the Orlando Magic will take Paolo Bancaro with the first pick in the Locked On NBA mock draft. With the second pick in the 2022 Locked On NBA Mock Draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Jabari Smith, forward out of Auburn. The Oklahoma City Thunder finally get lottery luck, and they jump up from four to two, and my best player on my big board, Jabari Smith Jr., was available after Paulo Bencaro went number one. This pick was really between him and Chet Holmgren, and maybe Sam Presti would lean towards Chet Holmgren just based on the tantalizing nature of his seven-foot frame with guard-like skills. But Jabari Smith Jr. can fit seamlessly alongside Josh Gideon SGA with his 3-and-D potential. Richard Stamen, that Mavs draft on Twitter and our lockdown expert, has compared him to Clay Thompson. And so whenever you're trying to fit two guards together that are ball dominant in SGA and Josh Giddy. You need to find a player who can fit into that equation without mucking it up and adding another ball dominant player, but still having high upside. And that's exactly what Jabari Smith Jr. does. He can play elite defense. He can score very well in the offensive end, and he can allow for SGA to take over in isolation and Josh Giddy to set him up with his elite playmaking. So that's where we're going here. On the Lockdown Mock Draft, I'm Ryland Stiles, host of the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. With the third overall pick in the Lockdown NBA Mock Draft, the Houston Rockets select Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. What's up? Jackson Gatlin here from over at Locked On Rockets. And look, the Rockets can't go wrong with any of the top three big man prospects in this year's NBA draft. Being third on the board isn't 
as good as being number one on the board, but being able to come away with Chet Holmgren is still a huge get for this Houston Rockets team. He has size, he has shooting, and he's got the potential to be the number one player coming out of this year's draft. A true unicorn in every sense of the word. A guy that you can slot in at the five if you're Houston. Maybe you run him at the four alongside Alper and Shingun or Christian Wood, depending on what their lineup looks like next season. A lot of flexibility to be had with Chet Holmgren and a very, very bright future when you pair him with Jalen Green. With the fourth pick in the 2022 Locked On NBA Mock Draft, the Detroit Pistons select Shadon Sharp, 6'5 guard, out of Kentucky. In this lottery mock draft, the Detroit Pistons fell from number three to number four, which isn't that bad, but that takes off Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith. That leaves a bunch of guards and a bunch of wings available at number four, and I feel like Sharp is, as of right now, one of the more interesting prospects in the entire draft. Yes, he's technically coming out of Kentucky, but he did not play a single game of college basketball, so you don't really have a ton of tape to really go off. Despite this, the 19-year-old has rose up a bunch of people's draft boards drawing comparisons to Paul George, Bradley Beal, and Jalen Green, and any type of player like that would fit, I feel like, pretty well next to Kay Cunningham if the Pistons do miss out on one of the big men. Finding Kay Cunningham's long-term backcourt mate, you get a guy like that, I feel like a lot of Pistons fans would be happy. Could have went with Jaden Ivey right here, but I find Shadon Sharp to be a bit more interesting as of right now. So the Detroit Pistons select Shadon Sharp with the number four overall pick in this year's Locked On NBA Mock Draft. With the fifth pick in the Locked On NBA Mock Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Jaden Ivey from Purdue. I'm Tony East with the Locked On Pacers podcast. And Ivy's a really good fit for what the Pacers have and need. They basically just need talent at this point after winning just 25 games, having their third worst season in franchise history, but a speedy guard who can dominate the game when Tyrese Halliburton is floating more off the ball or when he's out of the game is a fantastic fit for this Pacers team. And Ivy, somewhat local, going to Purdue just an hour from Indianapolis, would be an excellent fit for this franchise. His speed burst, his power, his athleticism just makes him such a dynamic player and why he's just such such a highly regarded prospect. Got up to 17 points per game this season for Purdue. Uh, the passing isn't quite all the way there, but definitely showed flashes of playmaking. Shot the ball pretty well to start the season. Looks like he can be a scorer from basically all over the floor and a pretty good creator. Everywhere his defense is solid thanks to his athleticism and speed as well. He'll just, he just seems like an athletic freak who can do a lot with the ball. And that's a good fit for any team, but especially a Pacers team looking to add talent and dynamic play to their franchise. So the Pacers take Ivy at five, and they're very happy to do it. With the sixth pick in the Locked On NBA mock draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Keegan Murray. I'm Mike Richmond, host of Locked On Blazers. Your pass first point guard. And if the Blazers do remain in six, they keep those lottery odds right where they are. With the six best lottery odds, they end up picking six in the draft. Keegan Murray seems like a pretty darn good outcome. One of the most productive players in college basketball last season. Fits a position of need on a team desperate for forwards. Keegan Murray could help right away for the Blazers and has some upside to be part of the future. I think they'd be pretty excited if Keegan Murray's on the board when it comes down to it in June. This is Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast, and with the seventh pick in this Locked On NBA lottery mock draft, Sacramento Kings take A.J. Griffin out of Duke. Now, I'll be honest with you, if I had the ability to trade this draft pick, I absolutely would. Unfortunately, I was not able to do so here, but if the Kings do end up at number seven where they're projected to end up, don't be surprised at all if they heavily shop and ultimately move on from this pick. The Kings are looking for immediate impact 
players. And while I like the upside of a guy like A.J. Griffin, he theoretically fits a need for the Sacramento Kings with their lack of wing depth. I like his potential as a defender, his potential as a shooter, his size, his athleticism. Love all those things. But can you expect A.J. Griffin or too many rookies from this draft class, period, to be immediate impact type players that are going to get the Kings from the seller in the West to in the playoffs. That's the expectation for this team as early as next year. They're going to need a big turnaround. That means big impact from starter and rotation players. A.J. Griffin would not be a bad player to have on this Kings squad. Don't know if he does enough, but that's who I'll end up taking, and I'll take him with comfort and happiness here on the Mock Draft. With the eighth pick in the Locked On NBA Mock Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Benedict Matherin, wing from Arizona. I'm Jake Madison with the Locked On Pelicans podcast and Locked On NBA. With Zion Williamson healthy next season, the starting lineup and first guys off the bench are set for the Pels, which means they can go in any direction with the eighth pick. And at this spot in the draft, Matherin is the right mix of best player available with high upside. As a sophomore at Arizona, he showed off a multi-dimensional offensive game that is tailor-made for the NBA. He's comfortable inside the arc, but more importantly for this Pelicans team that was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, he's a guy that excels at both pull-up and catch-and-shoot threes. Defensively, he has moments of lockdown defense, showing what he can do at the NBA level and has the tools to guard multiple positions, but he's definitely over-aggressive at times, and he relies a little bit too much on his long mid-range game when he gets himself into trouble, so there's room for development. With CJ McCollum getting older, and this Pelicans team going to be very expensive soon, Getting a guy that can be a lead scoring option after a couple of years development at eight on a cheap rookie deal, that's exactly the type of long-term thinking the New Orleans Pelicans need to continue building the sustainable success that they are hoping for. So for more on Zion Williamson and the rest of this Pelicans team, that Jose Alvarado there right behind you, be sure to check out the Locked On Pelicans podcast. With the number nine pick in the Locked On NBA 2022 mock draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Jalen Duran out of Memphis. I am Jeff Garcia with Locked On Spurs, and here's why the Spurs, or at least in this case, Locked On Spurs, decided to go with the big man, uh, Jalen Duran. He's exactly what the Spurs need to address their biggest need in the offseason, and that is size. After Jakob Pertl, uh, the depth chart for the Spurs is uh, relatively weak. Uh, you have Zach Collins, who is coming off an injury that set him away from the NBA for over a year and a half. Still needs time to get back to form. And of course, there's still unproven rookie Jock Landale. 6'11", 250 pounds, excuse me. He's exactly what the Spurs needs. Averaged 12 points per game last season with Memphis. Shot 60% from the field in 25 minutes. He's physically gift, good leaping ability, mobile. He is exactly what the Spurs need to counter the modern centers in today's NBA. A 7'5 wingspan can cover a lot of ground on both ends of the court. Agile, lateral quickness is exactly what the Spurs team needs. This is Jeff Garcia with Lockdown Spurs. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. What's going on? My name is Ed Oliver from the Lockdown Wizards podcast. And with the 10th pick of the Lockdown NBA mock draft, the Washington Wizards select Malachi Branham out of Ohio State. Great player, 6'5", 180 pounds. Freshman was Big Ten Rookie of the Year, 2022 All-Big Ten. Big Ten, it made the Big Ten All-Freshman team. Went to St. Vincent, St. Mary High School. Is from Columbus, Ohio. We all know who else went to that high school, too, so maybe there's some pedigree there, too. But the Wizards need talent. This guy averaged 13 points a game, 49% from the field, 41% from the three-point line. Fit in 83% from the free throw line was almost a 50 40 90 guy. We can use some talent. He's athletic, he can get to the rim. He's a slasher, great finisher around the rim. 
can finish above the rim, rim and can create a shot for himself. Wizards need talent, especially at the guard position. So Malachi Branham is a combo guard. They can come in and immediately help the Washington Wizards. Thank you for listening. Peace. With the 11th pick of the Locked On NBA mock draft, the New York Knicks select Dyson Daniels, guard out of the G League Ignite. I am Alex Wolf. I'm one of the hosts of Locked On Knicks, and we were ecstatic to get this pick and be able to take Dyson Daniels here. The Knicks really just kind of need a player like Daniels. You know, we think that he'll fit in great in between Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. He's long he plays great defense he can you know attack the basket some the shot is a little bit of a work in progress but he has ideal nba size at six foot eight and six foot eleven wingspan with very legit guard skills so we're super happy to get him here we think he's going to fit in great with the sort of point guard by committee that the knicks will hopefully run with him quickly and rj barrett as far as initiating the offense next year maybe even julius randall if he's still around so really ecstatic to have him. Almost took Johnny Davis, but Dyson Daniels is our guy. And we've been talking about him a lot on Locked on Knicks, so definitely be able to check. Be sure to check us out there, Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. With the 12th pick in the 2022 Locked on NBA mock draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Jeremy Sohan forward out of Baylor University. I'm Rylan Stiles, host of the Locked on Thunder podcast. And Jeremy Sohan is likely the best defender in this NBA draft class. Now, at this pick, the Thunder would have liked to have Jalen Duran fall down to them, and maybe would, they would even trade up to get Jalen Duran. But given the circumstances, as Dyson Daniel goes off the board one pick before the Thunder, Jeremy Sohan is a really nice option to create roster versatility for the Thunder, who need to improve defensively and need to improve on the three-point line, which their number two overall pick, Jabari Smith Jr., helps with the number two of uh, Helps with the three-point line and defense. Jeremy Sohan could be the best defender in this class, and you're putting together a team at that point that's very young, very versatile, and can complement SGA and Josh Giddy in the team's quest to get out of this rebuilding phase and back into title contention. While it will take some time, it could happen with Jeremy Sohan at the helm with Jabari Smith Jr. complementing your two stars. With the 13th pick in the Lockdown NBA mock draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. I'm Walker Mail from the Lockdown Hornets podcast alongside Doug Branson. And we had an interesting decision to make with the Hornets having the 13th pick and the 15th pick. I wanted to go with the best center. It's well documented. That is a huge need for the Charlotte Hornets. But Doug texted me with an interesting scenario once the 13th pick was on the board. Well, I saw Johnny Davis sitting there available because a few teams above us may have reached a little bit. I'm not judging, but they they got the player they wanted, but they may have reached. And Johnny Davis, a player that I think really would compliment in the long term, compliment LaMelo Ball well because he can defend. He's 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 long, he's athletic, and I think Johnny Davis would be a perfect two guard next to LaMelo Ball long term because here's the thing. The Hornets, yes, they needed center, they need interior defense, but they need defense everywhere. They need perimeter defense too, Walker. Yeah, Johnny Davis averaged 19.7 points per game, had an excellent year in the Big Ten this past season, a two-year player with the Badgers. I think the shooting can improve. Even if the three-point shooting wasn't great, his free-throw shooting was sitting at about 80%. I don't think he's going to fail in the NBA. I think he's a guy that can help out in a bunch of different areas. And with that 15th overall selection, I think the Charlotte Hornets can select that center that they desperately need along with maybe picking one up in free agency if you want to hear more about the charlotte hornets leading up to the nba draft you can check out 
Lockdown Hornets, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH, and the show handle on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. With the 14th pick in this mock draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Ochai Abaji, the wing from Kansas. I'm Chris Manning, one of the hosts of the Lockdown Cavs podcast. And Abaji, this past year's Final Four most outstanding player, fits a real need for the Cleveland Cavaliers. This team needs wings, and they particularly need wings who can shoot. They need wings who can provide support for Darius Garland, for Evan Mobley, for Jared Allen. There's perhaps no player who fits that 3 and D mold more in this range of the draft than Abaji. Yes, he's a little bit older. Yes, you know maybe there's some upside concerns, but for a Cavs team that has its high-end talent, or at least the players I think they believe are their high-end talent, they have a need for a guy like this to maybe cover for some of Isaac Cora's efficiencies, for Lamar Stevens' efficiencies, and he just fills a need on this roster. You don't always maybe want to draft for need. There are other guys in this class I think they could strongly look at and could fill other needs this team has. But at 14, Abaji feels like a guy that could come in and play and fills a real need. It's hard to not like this pick for the Cavs if it ends up falling this way.